You know, we barely hit on it yesterday. Really spent the majority of the show yesterday saying, Oh, Williams Winery! Parker drops a crystal ball for the number one defensive lineman. Monday was really kind of a uh, celebration or at least get excited about that type of day. But there was a very big story that benefits potentially OU recruiting, and it's that Michigan State lost their pass rush specialist. Now, why would Michigan State losing their pass rush specialist have anything to do with this OU class in 2024? Well, those of you in the know and those of you that follow this on a daily basis probably know, but look, we talk about the big four all time, and two of the top four, half of them, have some Michigan State interest, and it does sound like, Parker, that Michigan State losing their pass rush specialist um, actually kind of maybe hurts their chances a little bit at both uh, Zadavian Sims and David Stone. Yeah, it hurts their chances more than a little bit, Tyler, especially given that they also lost defensive line coach Marco Coleman. And look, Mel Tucker isn't necessarily he, – he's not going to concede those races just because he lost the two staffers that were primarily recruiting Sims and David Stone. Michigan State has made quite the foray into the state of Oklahoma from a recruiting perspective, offering under-the-radar guys like Michael Patterson-McDonald, Demontre Patterson out of Ada, really anybody and everybody that could enhance – their chances of landing David Stone and or Zadavian Sims. So Michigan State's going to keep pushing. It's just going to be real hard to replace those two guys in yeah, terms of relationship. Yeah, relationship-wise, you're right. Yeah. I mean, you're really you're, – what well, you're going up against, you know, a guy that we hear all the time is one of the best in college football recruiting in relationships, right? And and, and who I'm talking about there is um, – I'm talking about Todd Bates uh, for OU. Sounds like that's one thing that he's very, very skilled at. So we've still got several months to go until signing day, but I think that that's the biggest thing is you're going to have to start over relationship-wise with David Stone and Zadavian Sims, whereas Todd Bates is already very far down the road with both of those guys. So, yeah, it's it's a big deal, and you and I aren't the only ones that think that. I, I know that there's several others that think the same. Mike Farrell, did he used to work for Rivals? Is that uh, what he did? He, I, he did. And that I'm not saying he's like one of the most in-the-know guys when it comes to recruiting right now. But he did say this. He said, uh, Brandon Jordan, the pass rush specialist for Michigan State, was the reason five-star defensive line David Stone liked the Spartans. Now that he's gone to the NFL, Oklahoma has a clear edge here. And while I feel strongly he will be a Sooner, there are rumors that his family wants him out of state. While he plays for IMG in Florida, he hails from OKC, and some say his family wants him away from local hangers-on. I don't think this keeps him away from the Sooners, but it's something to keep an eye on. But losing Jordan is a big blow to the Spartans. Mm-hmm. Pretty accurate. For the most part, yes, pretty that's accurately. accurate. And that's, look, that provides more credence to what I've said for quite some time, which is that if David Stone's recruitment gets hairy – and for one reason or another, he doesn't end up at Oklahoma. It's going to have much less to do with David Stone and much more to do with the people around him. Sure. Yeah. But, I mean, David Stone still has an OU crystal ball next to his name, correct? He does. So you'll add him to the list, or he was already on the list. You really add Winery on the list. Um, Nigel Smith has an OU crystal ball in, and Zadavian Sims has an OU crystal ball in, correct? The four defensive linemen that we're talking about, all have crystal balls that point to OU. Not all their crystal balls, but at least one. So we've talked about this before. I just wonder if after this visit weekend, 
what the probability looks like now compared to maybe three weeks ago with OU landing all four of those defensive linemen. I'm not trying to steer this conversation into it is a likely occurrence. I would say that it's it's unlikely that it happens. But do we have to readjust our expectations just a little bit in ter- terms of the total numbers now that the number one defensive lineman is crystal ball to OU? Like, where do we go from here with the big four after this weekend? There's a chance OU gets all four. And to be honest, I don't think it's it'll be too long before you start seeing OU crystal balls drop for Zadavian Sims either. But here's the deal, Tyler. It, we talk about it right now. We're projecting, and yes, OU leads for Nguyenary. Yes, they lead for Stone. Yes, they lead for Smith. And yes, I think they lead for Sims. Yeah, there's compelling reason to believe that all four of them individually could end up at Oklahoma. But there's just some, there's something inside me, Tyler. Something that's wholly convinced that that is too good to be true. Yeah. That, okay, maybe there's a world in which you get three of four. And in fact, I, I'd be willing to bet on Oklahoma getting three of those well, four. I'll take right it right now. now. Are you kidding me? Let's but go. But four of four, it's, it's just, it still feels like a pipe dream, no matter how each of those individual recruitments are trending. But it would be awesome, though. And you talk about content galore coming up this summer. If you were able to, uh, you, you'd be talking about the best defensive line class in all of uh, college football, or at least in this recruiting class. Uh, that would shut up the Todd Bates haters, wouldn't you say, if you are able to get all four of these guys? And maybe after you just get one of these guys, maybe the Todd Bates haters will calm down a little bit. I yeah, guess we'll I, see on the text line. I think the narrative will shift at that point and become – well, Chavis was the one primarily recruiting Williams and Winery, and Chavis helped out big time in the recruitment of Nigel Smith, and David Stone was always going to come to OU if he had his way, and of course he got Zadavian Sims. Why wouldn't he have gotten Zadavian Sims? He's an in-state kid. That's the type of kid Oklahoma should get. So... I don't know that the narrative will go away. I think the narrative will just shift. Uh, from the 580 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, when Blue Bloods or other prominent programs come into Oklahoma and get recruits, it stings. But that's just part of the game. Michigan State doing it, it's just annoying. <laughs> that's. I think that there's a lot of truth to that text, you know. Like Ohio State got a Proctor a few years ago, right? Even Michigan got Dax Hill. It's like, okay, well, you know. Back then, Ohio State was playing some good defense, as was Michigan. I guess I get that. Cole Adams goes to Alabama, right? Okay, I get that. But Michigan State is, that's about as random of a program as you can find to come into Oklahoma. And I know David Stone's not in Oklahoma right now, but he's from Oklahoma. Michigan State's about as random of a program as it gets to be an elite defensive lineman. It is. Brian and Tulsa says that feeling you have, Parker, is called A&M. And look... Rewind to last July. OU already had P.J. Adabare locked down. They already had Derek LeBlanc locked down. It looked for all the world like they were going to get Jordan Renaud and D.J. Hicks. Your big four in last year's defensive line group were going to be P.J., David Hicks, Derek LeBlanc, Jordan Renaud. Was Vosick there by by that time period as well? Was Vosick committed committed on the 1st of August. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) then what happens? Jordan, uh, Nick Saban comes back around with Jordan Renaud, says, please and thank you, and snatches him away from OU. We all know what happened with Hicks. We obviously all know what happened with Vosick. But my point is, 
regardless of how good things look right now in March, something is going to change. I don't know what it is, and I don't know who it would pertain to, but I know that between now and December, something is going to change. Oh, for sure. Uh, Santa John says, does OU really want David Stone if he has a local bad influence entourage? Yes, they do. <laughs> they still, they, they, they yes. very much still want David Stone. 100%. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll take the five star from right up the road. Yeah. Regardless. Well, I, and I'm sure that David Stone is not the only recruit or highly ranked recruit in this class that has a, uh, Local bla- local bad influence entourage. Yeah, look, it's not I, an ideal situation, but you'll still take and it. And what do we what do we always say in recruiting? Right, there's always an uncle. There's always some less than stellar influence in a kid's. Well, not always. Almost always there is. It's not like David Stone has gang ties or something, right? It's not like Oklahoma staff is evaluating that situation with David Stone and going, "Whoa, hold up, the crowd he's running with." I I, I think we need to seriously reconsider our stance here no they're saying okay this is a five star from within state lines we need to get him regardless of who's around him he's good for our program uh 918 michigan state's really not that random remember mel tucker built what kirby smart has at georgia he's always been regarded as a great recruiter defensive line yeah like i know the reason why michigan state is there because of mel tucker sure i'm just saying michigan state is a program like, very, very I, – I don't remember historically Michigan State having really any sort of success in the state of Oklahoma. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, Michigan State as a program being around here is, is, uh, is very random. Very random. Brian in Tulsa says, is there any update on Hawkins? Saw that they offered his little brother, too. Well, his little brother's got a crystal ball into OU as well. I guess that's the question now with Hawkins is – all right, he pushed the timeline back from late January. He took that TCU visit last Wednesday, took the OU visit this weekend. Sounds like everything went really well to the extent to where they f- probably feel good about Little Brother too. Like, where's the timeline at now for Hawkins after these two visits? Does he want to sit back and think about it a little bit more? Does he want to take two more visits to these two schools, take visits to other schools? Is the timeline cloudy? Could it drop at any minute? Do you want me to speak candidly? Yeah, sure. I yeah, absolutely. I think it's over. Yeah, okay. I I, I think that we picked up on that. Like it's very close to being over, I, but like, like I don't in the think, next week, two weeks. I don't think he will take any more visits prior to a decision. I think you can expect to have a decision from Michael Hawkins within a matter of weeks. I, I wish I could give you a more specific timeline. It's gonna be soon, and I don't think he will continue visiting. I think Oklahoma did everything they needed to do this past weekend to lock up a commitment from Michael Hawk and his little brother as well. <laughs> well, those, when that when that one drops, yeah, those two are much akin to the Bowen brothers. Where one goes, the other will go as well. Four oh two. If OU gets a winery, they will not land Stone or vice versa. Uh, I think there could be a world where they get both of those guys. We just said that there could be a world where they get all four and maybe even three of the four. But I, I think that there's a chance that you could get both those guys. Whether you think it's likely or not, I guess that's up to you. But they and here's they could get both. Here's the deal, too. Those guys aren't the same player. They don't play the same position. Stone's a true interior guy. Nwaneri is an edge rusher. And I want to emphasize that. I know I'm probably going to have to repeat myself. But I want to emphasize that continually on this program. Will Nwaneri is an edge rusher. 
Yes, he is freaking enormous. Six yeah. foot five, 250 pounds. Yes, after his sophomore year, I would have said there's no way that guy's not a defensive tackle at the next level. But goodness gracious, I don't know what happened between his sophomore and his junior year, but somehow he did not add any more weight. In fact, he's cut weight. He was 255 after his sophomore year. He's now 250 pounds. What, with that, but, like 6'5 frame, correct? Yeah. Is what he's, yeah. But between his sophomore and his junior year, he got so much faster, so much more dexterous, so much more athletic, and started playing a lot more edge than interior as opposed to what he was doing his sophomore year. And with that, you saw the meteoric rise in his recruiting ranking. Make no mistake, Will Nguyenary is going to be an edge rusher primarily at the University of Oklahoma. They will move him around, but that is an edge player. He can can shade inside. I mean, if, if you want him to, can shade inside. But you're, yeah, yeah, you're you're more than likely probably right about that. David Stone, on the other hand, whereas when Aries like, uh, well, he's listed at six five two fifty on twenty four seven. David Stone six four two seventy. So you're going to have a lot more weight there with Stone, yeah. uh, which leads you to think he's going to play in more interior. You get that guy up to two ninety five. Him and Derek LeBlanc are going to be a pretty fearsome tandem. Uh, what D-line recruit has the best opportunity to be the up-the-middle run stopper slash disruptor, says the 918? Probably Stone, who we're talking about here, judging Agreed. by the measurables. Yeah. Agreed, certainly. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Oh, it's blowing up on this Tuesday. We got a lot to talk about with OU recruiting and a whole lot more. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Here's a random question for you that I hadn't thought about previously until we uh, kind of bumped into it last segment. Going to need the text lines help with this because I have done zero research for it. So there was a mention that, golly, Michigan State historically, they haven't had really any success inside the state of Oklahoma, which had me thinking, okay, well, which out-of-state college football program has had the most success with in-state Oklahoma kids? over the course of history. And off the top of my head, you know who I immediately think of because of one family? Kansas State with the yeah. Rockets. That might <laughs> You're be not good lying. Enough. That might be good enough alone for uh, for us to say, yeah, it's probably Kansas State who's had the most success with Oklahoma kids for a program that's out of the state of Oklahoma. I'll tell you what, Kansas State has had some success in Oklahoma. Nebraska has yeah. had some success in Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, Arkansas in recent years has pulled a few kids out of the 918. And then every so often, right, you get Michigan coming in for a Dax Hill, Ohio State coming in for a Josh Proctor. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Clemson almost got Levi Draper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tech got Wes Welker that one time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that puts Tech in the top three with just that one. They almost got Gavin Freeman, too. You, yeah, Sooner fans yeah. are thanking their lucky stars. That yeah, didn't yeah, he would have been a scholarship player for uh, Texas Tech from day one. Instead, he showed up at OU as a walk-on player, and then now he's uh, on scholarship at OU. But I, I don't know, Text Line, if you got some thoughts on that, 405-651-3439. There's not one school in particular, I guess outside of Kansas State, that you can just say, jeez, man, I mean – Look at all the Oklahoma kids they've had over the past that's had a ton of success, at least out-of-state programs. Feels like the in-state kids that have had you know, the best careers, biggest and best careers, have played in-state here at Oklahoma. 
Like, you have a Heisman Trophy winner from the state. Actually, two Heisman Trophy winners here recently from the state of Oklahoma. Both of them played at OU. And uh, Oklahoma State's obviously had some success. Iowa State is on the list. Yeah, Kolar had a pretty nice career up there. They even had uh, Michael Warren at one point from Lawton. He had a really good, I think, freshman year. And then um, didn't have a great inning to his career. But Iowa State, sure. Notre Dame used to get their fair share of Oklahoma players. I, I don't recall that one. I'm interested to hear more. Tennessee got Robert Meacham. That's right. One yeah. listener pointed that Notre out. Dame used to get players out of Jinx on the reg. Okay. Really? That's, that's, well, that's what that text says. I, okay. That must that's have pre- two people saying that. Okay. Must have predated me. Um, yeah, two people have now said that. Notre Dame used to get their share of Oklahoma players. Interesting. Why did Notre Dame stop their pipeline to Jinx? It's not like Jinx started losing football games all of a sudden. I, w- I wonder why that, uh, why, why that slowed down. And, oh, God, I'm sure if Notre Dame had any sort of a pipeline to jinx, I'm sure some people around here were not very happy about that. Guarantee you they weren't happy about that. That was probably a big deal at the time when that was happening. 405-651-3439. How do you feel about this? Devin Brown, you might remember him. Former five-star quarterback in the 2022 class, now at Ohio State. Think he's going into his sophomore year. He just changed his jersey number. And he changed his jersey number to a very random number for a quarterback. It's the number that Sammy Ball at TCU used to wear, slinging Sam himself. He's going to wear number 33 this year at Ohio State. How do we feel about Yeah, how do we feel about that? How do we feel about quarterbacks wearing non-quarterback numbers? Okay, I'm trying to think. In recent memory, Shea Patterson wore 20 yeah. at Michigan. Devin, Devin Gardner, Gardner 98. wore 98 at Michigan. The hefty lefty, Jared, Jared Lorenzen, Lorenzen, 22. Yep. Outside of that, man. Like, not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot. Weird. I'm not a big fan. I, I don't know why, uh, but I'm not a big fan of the quarterbacks not wearing quarterback numbers. It really doesn't matter. And I think Devin Gardner like did a pretty cool uh, tip of the cap when he wore number ninety eight. But wearing number thirty three is just uh, it, it's just totally random. Didn't Al Bundy wear number thirty three at Polk High text line? I, I think that he did. But if Ohio State's starting quarterback is running out there wearing number thirty three, that's gonna have to. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to get used to that. That might take a bit for the eyes to settle in on that one. Thirty three. Like what possesses you to do that? Well, he, like, he used to wear it because he always used to look up to Sammy Ball. At that well, he wasn't alive when. Yeah, needless to say, Sam he was, was not alive. Interesting. Uh, Greg from Lawton says, "Wow, Michael Warren, that's a blast from the past." You're welcome. Uh, George Kittle mm-hmm. to Iowa. Somebody said on the text line. Um, Mackenzie Adams wore number thirty in high school. And then uh, I guess because Jinx is average now, Bigsby is where it's at. So, so we, we should expect Notre Dame to establish a uh, pipeline at Bigsby High School. Is, is that what we should uh, happen uh, expect next? And, yes, very nice uh, Friday Night Lights reference. Mike Winchell did, in fact, wear number 20 for the Permian Panthers. Yes, he did in the movie Friday Night Lights, which is uh, one of my favorite football movies of all time. I don't know about you, where that ranks for you. But uh, Friday Night Lights is uh, pretty big time. Hey, uh, you hinted yesterday that there was a chance you were going to throw in a couple of more crystal balls. 
and I checked before the show today, I didn't see any new crystal balls. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put a timeline on that for a reason. How about this, though? I, I, no, I shouldn't promise anything. Oh, you should promise there is, everything. There is a very good chance that you will be able to convince me to drop a live crystal ball tomorrow on Ooh, air. hold on. Let me write that down on the rundown sheet here. Live crystal ball from Parker Play Big Balls by ACD. ACDC. Okay, we're all set, all right? We got. We already got the show planned for tomorrow. That's That's good. Is it someone that visited over this weekend? Not going to say. Okay. Is someone in the 2024 class? Here's what I'm going to do. Trying to fish for any hints at this point. Yeah, no, no, no. I want to I keep, keep this under wraps until tomorrow because I want people to be surprised. Yeah. But well, they'll, be, they'll be surprised. Yeah, Dil- there's, a, there's a very good chance we get a live crystal ball tomorrow. Yeah. Dylan Rayola, new crystal ball to OU tomorrow live. He and uh, Michael Hawkins are going to commit at the uh, very same time to OU. How about that? Uh, by the way, that Dylan Rayola crystal ball, I didn't realize that Fong put in a crystal ball for him to USC. I, again, like I think you and I are on the same page. I think that the family ties to Nebraska will probably win out in the end, especially if, and I'm not sure if this is going to happen, but if Nebraska has a pretty good football season and the hype is like there's a lot of excitement for the future with Matt Rule, I, I think that things really play well for the Huskers at that point, but... Dude, there wasn't just one crystal ball for Rayola to uh, USC. There was like several, including some big names over there at twenty four seven. Yeah, certainly. But I look, I am not going to move my crystal ball for Dylan Rayola, even if he commits to USC. That won't change my opinion as to where he signs. I just think at the end of the day, he, look, he's he is a god if he commits to Nebraska. He instantly becomes the biggest name in that entire state. Yep. And having grown up a Husker fan, what more can you ask for or hope for than that? So, I'm going to stand by it. Dylan Riola to Nebraska. That is my belief. If I take an L, I take an L. Going uh, down with the ship. Uh, text line does point out correct. Doug Flutie did wear number 22 at Boston College. We all remember that because of the uh, Hail Mary that was completed against Miami. Uh, the 918 as a whole has pretty good ties to Notre Dame. They pulled from both Jinx and Booker T. QB numbers should be 1 to 19, no exceptions. That's that's kind of where I am. 1, 1 to 19, man. Not number 0 either. No, 0 for a quarterback is a little odd to me. 1 to 19 for quarterbacks, is I think, is what it should be. 33 is just like, that's just too odd. I, I almost, uh, I, I, I don't know, it, it, it kind of makes you look slow, I think, if you're a quarterback out there in a big old boxy number you know I feel like it takes away a little bit of your uh, talent talent skill set literally just makes you look like you don't belong like oh there's a linebacker playing quarterback yeah Uh, I feel like much hasn't been said about Dave McCullough says Joe from Guthrie is he getting redshirted or is he just not a guy to be hyped about well he's not going to be on campus till June and I do think he will redshirt I just think there's enough quality depth in Oklahoma's safety room right now that with McCullough and with Eric McCarty, they are just going to let those guys have the year. Because you got Robert Spears Jennings, Key Lawrence, Billy Bowman, Reggie Pearson, Peyton Bowen, Jamarian Burt. Yeah, 
there's enough depth at safety that you don't have to expect either of those guys, McCarty or McCullough, to play as true freshmen. Yeah, I'm, and, and that doesn't mean that he's not a, a, a good player and someone that could have a future here, but the reason why – I mean, here, here's really the reason why. The reason why we're not talking a whole lot about Day McCullough is because of Desan McCullough. That's that's yep. really the real reason here. Pretty true. Um, not Desan's not just a better player right now. He may have been the best defensive player that was available in the transfer portal this year. He has a chance to be maybe the best defensive player that you have on that side of the football next year on the entire roster. So his older brother is the reason why we're not talking about Day McCullough so much right now. I mean, we're talking about Desan McCullough at this point as much as we talk about Danny Stutzman, who's going into his third year and going to be the starter at linebacker in the middle of your defense. So that's, that's really the reason why. 405-651-3439. Still a lot of text to get to and more. So we keep talking about this OU Florida possibility every single year. Well, Joe Castiglione was asked today about the SEC scheduling. He had an interesting comment. We'll tell you what he said coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. We're starting to get some uh, football news out of the OU Board of Regents meeting. Oh, here we go. Yeah, looks like Emmett Jones, his new contract is going to be 550 k a year on a contract that runs through January 21st of 2025. So if you're into that sort of thing, your new wide receivers coach will be making 550 k a year on a contract that runs through 2025. Eight OU football coaches land contracts extensions. Some of them uh, get raises. Now, a lot of people made a big deal about Ted Roof not being on that list in terms of guys that were in line to get a contract extension or a contract raise. He wasn't on that list. I, I don't think that this just means that he's not going to be on staff next year. I mean, they're so close to spring ball at this point. I got to think that Ted Roof is going to still be on staff this upcoming year. It is interesting, maybe a little bit telling. I don't know, but I still think that means he'll be on staff this upcoming year well and what is what is the conversation we've been having about Ted Roof for quite some time this is probably his last coaching gig like there's uh, a very yeah. there's a very good yeah. chance he's done with for coaching sure. yeah once he's finished at Oklahoma so this may just mean well it certainly does mean that Ted Roof is not getting an extension nor a raise which he doesn't need a raise he made 1.1 million dollars last year it may just mean that Ted Roof doesn't need an extension because he's not planning on needing or wanting an extension uh, let's see, Biedenboe, Chavis, B. Hall, Jay Valai, Joe John, and DeMarco extended through the 2024 season. Todd Bates and Jeff Lebby extended through 2025. Brandon Hall receives a $15,000 raise. <laughs> DeMarco Murray with a $115,000 raise. Good. Hello. Good. He deserves it. Joe John's contract was adjusted as well. Congratulations to DeMarco Murray. $115,000 raise. Whew. That's a that's a nice day. That's a very nice day. Heck yes. And yes, I, I, I think it's I, I, I think that he deserves a uh, a contract raise. Um, most well known name as a running backs coach in college football, and he's really He's really kind of uh, proven himself as a big-time recruiter and a nice developer of, of talent as well. So, you want DeMarco around here as long as he wants to be here. That's that's for sure. 
Brian in Tulsa says, hear me out. Oklahoma and Arkansas start a rivalry named the Battle in the Bible Belt. And the trophy is a cast of a Gaither vocal band record. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you want to play it in uh, hot, uh, Eureka Springs every single year, Brian? You want to do a neutral site game in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, or Tulsa, or something like that? Uh, by the way, uh, Joe Castiglione this morning before the Regents meeting said that any future SEC schedules out there are, quote, premature. Things are still being worked through and being finalized. Oh, so, which, which, you know, that's what Josie's going to say. Sure. I tend to think that Ross Dellinger is, if he's not spot on, he's yeah. very, very close to being yeah. spot on. And I just don't think that, like, OU in Florida, Parker, is probably the most random, like, future permanent opponents that has been thrown out there in the new SEC scheduling, right? Like, you're not just throwing OU Florida out there for fun or for speculation. Ross Dellinger's got to have some pretty solid sources about OU playing Florida every single year if he's throwing that one out. Because it's the most random matchup of them all. I love the matchup, but it's the most random one out there. So I would tend to think that we're going to see OU Florida here moving forward, which is, which is awesome. I'm stoked about it, man. OU Florida is a series that I never figured would be plausible, but here we are. It's on the verge of happening, and I, I find it quite compelling. Um, Tyler from Kellyville asks, Parker, what's more likely to happen, OU lands all four defensive linemen or OU lands Sammy Brown? For my money, it's more likely that OU lands Sammy Brown. Now, do not take that as me saying there is a likelihood that OU lands Sammy Brown. I still do not think the chances are that high. But landing all four of the big four defensive linemen that we've talked about, again, man, it just seems too good to be true. Sure, but they they have a legitimate chance for Sammy Brown, right? Number one linebacker in the country. And as the rankings sit right now, like I, I know that they have to do an even better job moving forward, Parker, of landing these guys, though they did get two five-star defenders a year ago. Just look at the rankings right now, man. Uh, Winery is the number one defensive lineman, the number three player overall. There's a crystal ball in for him to OU, right? David Stone is currently the number four overall player. Crystal ball for him to OU. Sammy Brown is the number six overall player. He's going to visit OU, and OU's got at least a shot at landing him. So this is how different it already is from previous years and from the, the old staff, is that three? you're in on three of the top six players. They're all defensive players, and you have – you know, a decent shot at, at least all three of those guys. I, I know that Sammy Brown is a lot less likely than the first two guys that I mentioned, but, I mean, that's that, it, it's a huge change than what we've seen in several years past. Well, and you're in on these elite players. And it is a credit to Brent Venables, and it is refreshing to know, right, that Sammy Brown's recruitment right now is a three-team battle, and OU is one of those three teams. It's Clemson, Georgia, and Oklahoma. Sammy Brown's going to end up at one of those three schools. And so at the very least, Oklahoma has a lot more than a puncher's chance to land the top linebacker in the Jeez, country. Don't let them land the top uh, three, the top six players all on the defensive and side would, of the ball. Man. And would those be the top three defensive players in America? Uh, maybe. We got K.J. Bolden, who's uh, okay. a safety out of Buford, Georgia. Yeah, so top Bolden. defensive player right now. And I think Mike Matthews would be the other one among those top six. Yeah, so he's three. seven currently right now, but sure, yeah. Okay, so... Regardless, 
three of the top five defensive players in America. That'll do. Yeah, that'll do. 918, sorry I missed what Ross Dellinger is reporting. Can you please do a quick recap? Thanks. Um, not necessarily reporting, but saying here's our best guess at the uh, best guess at the permanent three opponents for each SEC team based on insider information that they have. The three for OU, according to Ross Dellinger, Texas, Missouri, and Florida is their best guess, uh, best guess over there at SI. So Texas, Missouri, and Florida, OU would play those three every single year and then have six other SEC opponents on a year-in, year-out basis. And I think most of us are, uh, are, are all about that. By the way, someone has requested that Oktahaw, Oklahoma. Oktahaw, is that how you say it? Oktahaw is okay. our uh, small town of the day. That's from the train in the 918. I did not run down where people are listening from today because if you're listening on the Ref app, well, you're actually listening to OU Baseball right now and not listening to us. But if you still want to have a small town of the day and it's Oktahaw, Oklahoma, then I'm down. We can do that. I think they used to be uh, 2A. At, well, maybe they're 2A. I think they've had some pretty good uh, small-town uh, baseball there in the past. Pretty sure that's the case over there in Oktahaw. 405-651-3439. Still a lot to get to when it comes to OU recruiting and some texts as well. We'll close it up on the other side. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. Coach Bob Stoops coming up on the rush at 320. Be sure to tune in for that. USC head coach Lincoln Ryland, or Lincoln Riley, you know what he told reporters? Oh boy, what did he say this time? He told reporters that he's been excited by the progress that the defense has ah. made coming into spring. So ball. it's officially that time of year, uh, Tyler. Defensive Lincoln Riley is excited about his defense. Excited by the progress that he has seen from the defense coming into spring ball. Which, what does that mean? Progression in the weight room, like seven-on-seven seven stuff. I just, I'm just, i just curious what that, that means. He's excited by the progress that the defense has made coming into the spring bowl. He noted big individual developments in the weight room and on the field heading into year two. So body by Benny, I guess. Uh, he's all jacked up there about are that. So, there are so many jokes I could make right now, so many jokes I want to make. But I'll let the Air Comfort Solutions text line do it because they're much funnier than me. They're much funnier than all of us. That's very true. Oh, how many times a day do you look at a text and like, God, that's genius. That's amazing. 405-651-3439. By the way, a uh, quick rundown of the 2024 team rankings. Doesn't look like it's changed all that much. Georgia's still at number one. They already have three five-stars uh, committed for the 24 class. LSU's got the number 10 class with 10 commits. Notre Dame at three with eight commits. Florida State at four with one five-star. Then you've got Michigan at five, Tech at six, South Carolina at seven, Oregon at eight, Tennessee at nine, and Clemson at ten. Alabama's got two five-stars. They're at number 11. Georgia's got three five-stars at number one. So Bama and Georgia already have, I think, as many five-stars as anyone else in college football currently committed. That's be nice. Yeah, I mean, everybody's chasing those two. Not shocking to know that they're already outpacing the country in terms of recruiting. Uh, Greg from Lawton says, the defense must have made a tackle. Yeah. One of their linebackers tackled a uh, homeless person outside of campus, and nice. that's how he's seen a uh, lot of improvement out there in L.A. 
Yeah, maybe that's the case. You have any big takeaways on that 2024 rankings class um, other than Bam and Georgia just loading up on five stars already? No big takeaways yet, just because I think so much is going to change. So, right now, I think it's about who can build momentum the fastest heading into spring ball. Because there's there's always two or three teams that have their big surge heading into the spring game. Two or three teams nationally that start to pick up steam and get commitments rolling early in the process. Sometimes those commitments stick, sometimes they don't. But at times, that can be... uh, beacon of light that perhaps this particular program's trending toward having a top 10 or even a top five class so i think in the next month or so we're going to start to see some big movers in the rankings uh brian and tulsa body by benny and jacked do not belong in the same sentence together i could just see them wearing a body by benny t-shirts out there need more kettlebells Lincoln should be excited about the defense they're close see they're like, like you said man you didn't even need to make any of the jokes Everyone's making the jokes for you. Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, Lincoln went on to say every defensive player has thrown up 65 times. Oh, jeez. Rob from Moore, a typical Lincoln Riley spring quote. Literally no one believes they are making progress in the weight room. LOL. 405, when do the three SEC teams get announced? It feels like the uh, the what, what they want to do with the schedule is going to be announced rather quickly, like before the summer gets here. Because they have those SEC spring meetings in Destin, Florida every single year. And those are coming up very soon. And it feels like we might find out that they're officially going to the 3-6 schedule model either at that meeting or even before that meeting. But there's already a ton starting to leak out. If Saban already feels like he knows who his three permanent opponents are going to be and Brian Kelly saying the same thing yesterday, I I think that we're very close from finding out exactly what that's going to look like would be my guess. Yeah, I don't think we're too far off from having total clarity as to what OU's new schedule is going to look like in the SEC. And whether it's Missouri, Texas, Florida, whether it's Arkansas, Texas, Florida, you give me Texas and Florida, that's all I want for OU, man. Those are two games every year that I know I'm going to be stoked about. Uh, uh, Let's see. A typical Lincoln-Riley. Okay, I already read that one. This one says, who is Lincoln? This one says, Latrell McCutcheon tipped a pass rather than getting beat by 25 yards, LOL. So that's where he's seeing improvement. We're tipping footballs this year uh, instead of getting beat by 25 yards. Remember when there was all that buzz about Xavier Worthy potentially transferring to USC? Uh, I mean, I remember the buzz that Xavier Worthy was going to transfer to OU at the end of spring ball. But yes, I remember both of those. Latrell McCutcheon is thanking his lucky stars that Xavier Worthy's not going to be a USC Trojan. Yeah, he, he worked him pretty good the uh, last time around, didn't he? <laughs> oh, man. that Latrell McCutcheon would be suffering PTSD on a daily basis on the USC practice field if he had to line up opposite Xavier Worthy again. 405, just give Muleshoe the 7-on-7 uh, seven seven national championship. Yeah, if football ever moves to just straight 7-on-7, seven seven, then uh, Lincoln is going to be a problem. Uh, Parker but until then until then I think he's probably going to continue to uh to come up short in the big games who knows maybe that's what he's banking on maybe Lincoln Riley is looking at the current direction of society and all the rules that are being put in place to cushify the sport of football and he's saying you know what 10 years from now this game's just gonna be seven on seven and when it does I'm gonna own the sport 
Maybe Lincoln Riley's putting all his chips in towards that end. They're the uh, like the spring break championship team, seven on seven out there in the stands. And, like if the sport <laughs> moves to that, then we might have a dynasty on our hands. Where down defensive linemen just really don't matter as much or really at all. Um, Aaron Flowers is expected to drop his top ten today. I'm guessing OU is going to be in that one. Uh, yes, OU uh, will be in that one. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, OU is currently neck and neck for a big time linebacker with Clemson. That's right, Drew Woodass. Huh. So, Wade Woodass holds the distinction of being the last commit Brent Venables ever got as Clemson's defensive coordinator. He was a three-star linebacker in the class of 2022 that committed a week and a half before Venables took the job at OU. Well, he's got a younger brother, Drew, three-star kid in the class of 2024. He's got offers from Clemson and Oklahoma, and it's effectively down to those two schools for him. Yeah. So. Looking at an early July decision, I wonder whether he's a take if Oklahoma gets Peyton Pierce and Sammy Brown or Peyton Pierce and Ty Anthony Smith. Peyton Pierce and somebody, right? But if if he does end up a take at Oklahoma, I think Drew Woodass could very well end up in this We've got a lot of questions about how they're combating the 6-7 and seven season. You know what I've seen so far in this 24 class is a lot of kids are taking notice of the past success that they've had. It feels like that's kind of combating the – Tough six and seven season they had a year ago, but can't stack those up, obviously. All right, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.